Hello and welcome to another episode of The Legal Breakdown. It's been a few weeks since we've done one, probably a few months at the moment. Um, In that time, I have expanded our legal operations, buying a law firm called Busbiz Solicitors, and we are now a full-service law firm, along with Alliance Legal, our legal consultancy. So if we can be of any assistance in commercial, private client, agricultural or family, and a number of other areas of law, please do give us a call or email us, and I look forward to hearing from you. In other news, I wanted to do a note on farming, as I feel Jeremy Clarkson with Clarkson Farm has clearly outlined the plight of the British farmer, and farmers around the world to give different degrees. In one of his current series, series two, and one of the newer episodes, he gets the local farmers together to talk about a new restaurant he plans to open and for them to supply him locally. From everything he needs from vegetables, to pork, to poultry, everything is there, including potatoes. So he puts in a planning permission to go for a restaurant on his farm, as the government have said to diversify with the cut down on subsidies. It gets to planning committee and a London barrister does a report for a local to show that this shouldn't happen. He's going to be covering half his farm in car parking, probably going to build houses in the future, and his sheep lambing barn was built as a Trojan horse to do something further. Jeremy clearly says sheep farming is not viable, and that can be repeated from farms across the country that do sheep farming. So, they get to planning committee, and Jeremy made some very good points. He outlined sheep farming was not viable. He outlined the benefits of diversification and the points that the government are raising because of the loss of subsidy. During the episode, he also highlights the importance in that committee and during the episode of the local farmers and local suppliers supporting his restaurant. His farm had farmhand Caleb and Charlie Island, his business advisor and one of his builders, outlines that it would have employed directly and indirectly about 50 people, numerous suppliers and obviously his builder to fit out the building for a restaurant. It is clear on a number of the faces of these farmers during the episode how stressed, how difficult and how unviable their farms are becoming. One lady, as you saw, supplies the milk to the farm and has lost 60 herd of cattle, 60 head of cattle to TB, leaving them with only 60 to milk. They've obviously diversified and invested in equipment to be able to produce milk and other items, I'm sure. So they are doing what the government's requested, but she's not taking a salary, no one's taking any money. You then have the pig farming couple, who are cereal farmers as well. They are buying in cereal because they've got too many pigs to look after for what their farm can produce because of the cheap import of pork from Europe, where the slaughterhouses and processing houses are having to process that ahead of British meat, meaning they have got extra costs and not making money either. Their meat is going to waste, and the cheap cost of pork 
has made it impossible to make any money at all. Obviously, you can see Jeremy is a TV personality and he has money compared to a number of these farmers and could support the farm in a loss-making situation. But at the same time, he's a businessman, so why would he do that? He wants the farm to be profitable and self-sustaining, which any person with or without money would want to do. You don't want to keep having a losing business. And that's smart no matter what. So people bringing up that he's rich and can afford to do this and doing it as a hobby, fine, you can make those comments, but he still has a farm to run and it's still a business, regardless who he is. Let's, in this case, look at Jeremy as a farmer. It is clear that without the subsidy, and he said this at the end of series one, the farm would not be making money. This has been said for, by the NFU, Farmers Network, and a number of farming mutuals for years, and even the government. But when it comes down to the local level, they need the local support to push this diversification that the government is insisting on. However, local authorities are elected individuals and planning officers that do not have the experience or see the bigger picture. You also have the nimbyism and the incomers, and I'm not against any of this because we need the flow of people to make this happen. But they have the money to fight such applications for the farmer to try and improve their livelihood. And this is where it pushes local people out to buy the houses, it stops local employment and makes it absolutely impossible to be able to run a business. In the episode, they employed a London barrister to fight Jeremy, probably at great cost. With a number of errors in the reports and results that this barrister did, and Jeremy even picked up on these, such as covering half the farm in car parking, Trojan horse to possibly build over the farm with housing, Maybe Jeremy might be doing that, but for now we base it on its merits. And classing it as a stepping stone for something bigger. Who knows? But for now, that is not what they're trying to achieve. What I can see is Jeremy is trying to support the British farmer and obviously getting paid for the show, but it highlights a number of points that people can relate to and getting it to a wider audience. His expert, Charles... Charlie Island said he has never seen refusals to prior approvals on matters that Jeremy is getting refused on. So that comes down to a personal vendetta against Jeremy. And also, the planning authorities are not taking into account the loopholes Jeremy can use, like temporary permissions for 28 days in each field for parking, which creates a negative impact on the landscape because it's damaging field after field and needing repair and obviously affecting the visual impact when one field that you can barely see could be used as a car park. They're parking on verges, which is causing further ecological damage after the car park had already had an ecological reports and so had the restaurant area. And the bigger picture is not seen. This is not a unique situation to Jeremy Clarkson. This is general consensus and viewpoint across the farming community and individuals trying to get planning permission and not understanding why and people making these decisions. Planning rules dictate that you have planning guidance to follow, but you also need to take into a bigger picture and the weight and benefit to the AOMB, to the greater economy, and obviously the AOMB gets area of outstanding natural beauty gets great weight. However, weight can be overcome
by if it's not affecting the visual impact because the barns are already there and also employing 50 people economic benefit granted the increase in traffic is an issue and we've seen that on his series and he is trying to fix that and the police have been involved with a bigger car park that could be sorted and better traffic management that is all clear and can be done Yes, the village is necessarily going to be is going to be inundated with people, but there's probably tea rooms, local shops. Everyone will benefit. B and Bs. It's a benefit for all. Yes, it's a small village, and people came there for a quiet life. But people have to exceed, and people have to be employed, and that's how you keep the area in a nice looking area. Air and Bs looked after, and people can live there. And one of the arguments brought up was the AOMB as we've, I've just mentioned, but Jeremy picked up on a very good point. The only reason the AOMB is there in the way it looks is because farmers are looking after it in the guidelines that are given. You can't just keep it as it is without adapting to make farms profitable. So farmers need the support. And I'm going to be honest, I don't necessarily like the looks of wind turbines, solar panels over fields. How I would rather have them than thousands of houses and losing the natural amenities that we have. One wind turbine could keep a farm viable, and I would put my whole weight behind it. And if a field of solar panels can keep a farm viable, I'd support that too. Solar panels can have sheep still grazing under them, and I believe some now can be higher to allow cows to be grazing alongside them. So then it turns an unprofitable sheep farm into a profitable one because the electricity is being sold back to the grid, the farm is self-sufficient, and those costs can then be kept on to keep the sheep on the farm. Maybe the sheep farming is still unviable, but because the extra costs aren't there, it makes it a balancing act to keep it going. The food supply chain is important in the UK and we need to become more self-sufficient. The government now needs to pull their weight by stopping cheap imports of food. And I know everyone is struggling with their finances and high living costs. However, the short-term pain and long-term gain of being self-sufficient and economies of scale, we can see that will help the British economy in times of world unrest, such as the Ukraine war, as we've seen, prices have gone up. Numerous other times in history where supply chains are broken, and the biggest one of all, COVID, in the recent history. A big examples. We, not, we won't necessarily get supplies we need to survive and carry on, so it's imperative we support the farmers in any way we can. And I might be seeming of coming across very subjective, but I'm trying to be seen as objective across the points of view. If we get back to the car park Jeremy was trying to raise and get permission for, he then got a barrister in from London on how to fight it, and same with the restaurant. And the costs came out at £500,000. This is insane in my opinion. Charles Island obviously did a, a point to camera during the episode to say this would make the farm unprofitable, the farm shop not worth running, and during the discussions... If you remember and you watch the programme, they said that if the restaurant had been approved, a number of people would have been employed, as I've said earlier in this podcast. Not alone helping to support farmers and suppliers in the local area. So what is the issue? The issue comes down to individual decision-making, not planning policy and looking at the greater picture and how people want things to stay the same. We don't like change as people. That is normal. But people need to be able to leave, 
move forward with their lives and the country needs to be able to be self-sustaining. Farms need to be still there. And it's a sad situation when people move into a lit village, maybe coming from London, pricing the locals out and wanting the village to be how they want it to be when they moved in. This means they're not supporting local people. Local people are being forced out. And this isn't just my opinion, not just focusing on Jeremy. This is what farmers see day in, day out, and local communities see day in, day out. Fighting planning applications, going to judicial reviews, planning appeals. And then when it gets further forward, farmers can end up paying the cost of the government, paying their own costs if their costs aren't limited, and it wasn't agreed ahead of time. This is just any farmer, and I've seen this firsthand. We've had to put in applications for farmers for energy efficiency apparatus, such as solar panels and wind turbines. Costs on both sides have come to £80,000-£90,000 to put the application in, fight it, and then you get the little group that want to fight it, and then they've paid the same. Then they've tried to sue the councils to get their costs back because they've made bad decisions and blame it all on the council to getting out of hand. I want to protect the countryside like everyone else. I don't necessarily like seeing massive developments going up. There's brownfield options, there's house conversions, there's barn conversions, there's ways we can change our planning system to adapt to make this work. But I want to make it viable and I want to allow farmers to be able to succeed. This might mean having a bed and breakfast in the farm, using their sheep, their pigs to make food to the guests. Shepherd's huts, wind turbines, solar panels, fishing on their rivers, camping in their fields, farm shops, small units of unit, industrial units like factories to produce items from their raw materials on their farms. I have ongoing planning cases at the moment have enforcement notices against them. And the LPA are not prepared to give grants for planning permissions to allow raw materials coming from other farms just because they've given permission that it focuses it has to come from that farm, even though the farms are local, within 16 miles, 5 miles, like Jeremy had on his um, farm shop. The RPA are not willing to give the grants to the farmers to improve their diversification because of the, loop, the narrow focus on um, the planning applications, because they can't prove that they're allowed to bring in other things from other farms. It's absolutely ludicrous because it benefits everyone. From my point of view with clients, if they weren't allowed to bring in these raw materials from other farms, then these raw materials would be thrown away. They wouldn't even be used and these farmers wouldn't make any money at all from them. Um, it's just ludicrous how many um, of our minority of our country being the farmers, trying to help the majority with a food supply and food security are getting hurt by NIMBYism, LPAs, and other groups that benefit from all these applications. And I'm really glad that Jeremy Clarkson has brought all this to the center of the attention of the masses on Amazon, and I hope things will improve. But I doubt improvement will happen unless there's a full planning overhaul. Farmers are specifically looked at to do certain aspects without either prior approval or approvals and further investigations to the whole system and a whole overhaul to be done to make it all viable. Including new houses in the right places, allowing for more conversions of properties, maybe in national parks, and I know to some that might not go down well, but if it's not affecting the visual amenity, I can't necessarily see an issue. New houses in the right place is very important, not just anywhere, and I 
thousands of houses affecting a visual impact of a national park is definitely not a good idea or a AOMB. But the need and design can be done to not affect visual amenity. And this can all be done through consultation. There is a lot of options to look at and no one is looking at them properly. And they don't want to look at the harder options. They want to go for the easy ones. So if I can be any help with any applications for farms or businesses or personal personal related issues that you may have in any legal aspect relating to what we do or what I've discussed, please feel free to contact me. It's Josh Gardner at Busby Solicitors 01548434009 or it's jg at busbizlaw.co.uk or for commercial, inf commercial help, it's joshua at alliancelegal.uk. So thank you for listening and I look forward to hearing from you.